Living Smarter, presented by Calabrio, where we discuss contact center industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. We're glad you're joining us to learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. My name is Dave Hookstra, product evangelist for Calabrio, and my guest today is Daniel Acosta. Now, Daniel and I have known each other for a, a hot minute or so, and the really interesting piece that we're looking to go with today is really discussing workforce engagement management, or WFO, workforce optimization, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, in the healthcare space. And the healthcare space is such a unique beast because there are so many different aspects, right? Now, in some ways, they're just like every other contact center, right? They, they take calls, they take emails, they take chats. But where the healthcare industry really separates itself is the amount of other information that usually has to be dealt with uh, in a day-to-day -day basis, right? And that's really what we want, kind of want to focus on today. So... Daniel, first of all, welcome. Uh, really glad you're here joining me. And uh, the other, the other thing, uh, the other thing that I want to do is, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in the healthcare industry. And you know, to be honest, I'm asking you because uh, we got to let the audience know why we should be listening to you. So, give us a little bit of your background and kind of what you did for the healthcare industry, and then we'll get into some of the deeper topics. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dave. So. Um I've been in the healthcare space for now close to 13, 14 years. I've been a little longer than on uh, the call center space as a whole. Um, but yeah, this past 13 years has been heavy into the different areas of uh, healthcare. So um, getting a lot of knowledge on the different uh, work workings of it, right? So as an agent and then from there moving up to supervisor and working from uh, a couple of different areas. Um, on the management side and in workforce management, quality management, um, even IT also maintaining, you know, certain applications for contact centers. So it's, uh, it's been a great journey so far. So, so pretty much everything except for actually performing the surgery, correct? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that, that's great. And so, uh, you know, your experience, you know, you spent some time doing it and most of that has been kind of in the contact center space. But mm -hmm. I also imagine that uh, a lot of that, uh, when you work in the healthcare space, you spend a lot of time dealing with kind of other departments and other areas. So it's not, we're not specifically talking about contact center. We are talking about billing and claims and insurance and those kind of spaces. Did you spend a lot of time working with those other departments as well? Yeah. So that, that's the cool part about the, the healthcare side of things because uh sometimes we we when we look at contact center in the healthcare space a lot of the times we think about a scheduling right and but then again when you start actually dealing with all of the other different verticals within it you know we're talking about marketing we're talking about even uh something as simple as um the help desk and then billing like you mentioned you know we have a uh, central billing office to where you know there might not be a call center but they handle a lot of calls um so this is a very 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 various different of um departments that you get to to experience and, and learn from now uh, one of the things i always like to ask how, how did you get into this space how, uh, what, what, what was the what was the beginning uh I, there's a very common thread a lot of times in this and we'll see if you say the same thing that i expect to hear but how did you get into kind of the healthcare contact center space how did that happen so I have a background on architecture and electricity. I'm, I'm an electrician by trade, right? So um, back in 2008, 
I came out of the military and uh, there was no work anywhere. And I ended up in a contact center. And then uh, a friend of mine reached out and is like, hey, you know, we're looking uh, for some people on, on this specific contact center. Um, they were looking for like overnight work. And I was like, oh, yeah, if I find somebody, I'll let you know. And then I was like, wait, I, I do want to work in the, <laughs> on that environment. So then um, I started working on there. Then from there, um, from that department, I got referred to a different department on a, on an admissions contact center for uh, for a healthcare organization. And then from there, it was just I fell in love with it. Yeah, it, so it, it's a very common, very common answer. It, I mean, I, I I do find that nobody nobody sat down in the first grade when they ask you what do you want to be when you grow up, and right. nobody <laughs> says I want to be a call center agent, right? <laughs> it's yeah. it, it it very rarely happens that way. My story is very similar, uh, and and so um, now as you. So you kind of let's let's progress through your career a little bit. You kind of started as the overnight agent. And, you know, was it did you kind of move to is it the team lead position or did you go into the QA position? What was your kind of progression through that? So from from being um, an agent, then from there, uh, I jumped straight into supervisor role and um, just learning everything, you know, managing the, the, the call centers with, you know, on the on the weekends. That's kind of starting on the managing side, you know, doing the schedules, and that's that, that's 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 when we start appreciating some of the things that you do now versus what you did before, to where you spend you know like two weeks working on a schedule for, you know, for the next month, you know, trying to arrange all this stuff. Um, so that was very intricate, you know, doing the forecasting by hand, and and that was, that was fun. And then uh, from then moving on through uh, an actual workforce management department. Where now we we now we're starting to use technology a little bit more, um, and then uh, scheduling agents, doing the forecast, you know, more on that automated process, and uh, and then from there, um, really tapping into other areas, right? So not just QM, you know, working on the quality management side of things, um, a lot of um, automated workflows that we that we work with, and um, and then from there, then started touching a little bit more into the IT side of things. So it kind of rounded more uh, of the scope. So then uh, I was able to not only talk the IT portion of things, but then I was able to to keep the operations hat and then be the hybrid. So it's been... So it's let's, been let's grow through the process here. Did at any of this point, did you ever have to deal with doing things kind of manually, right? Excel spreadsheets, uh, you know, literal. I mean, I always joke back when I first started working in contact centers, um, the QM process was literally done with handheld tape recorders. We don't have to deal with that anymore. But uh, kind of walk me through the progression of the technology, because, you know, we're focusing here on the on the WEM, WFO side and how right. it, how it can help. But let's start. Where was your pain? Right. Tell me about how that pain early was. So my first my first um, intro with that was having to do the side by side. So you have like this Y connector to what you plug into the user. You have to sit there for a few calls and kind of, you know, now you have like a little printout and then you're doing, you know, checking boxes. It's like, okay, yes, they did the greeting. No, they didn't do this. And then you sit there and try to, you know, calculate all this stuff. Right. So um, once we actually got into, you know, using a WFO product, a WEM product, now just, call recordings were just sitting there and then we were just going through the process, right? So now the system is pre-selecting the calls and then oh, you just, you don't have to spend time sitting with them, you know, because now you you can actually listen to a call and 
for one agent and move on to the next call to a different agent and be able to spend more time, you know, I guess more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And then, and the fact that, you know, with, uh, with, uh, when we started using, um, as a matter of fact, we started using Calabrio, we started with, um, with the automated, um, just pre-selection of calls and then just being right. able to evaluate right out of the box. That's, that, 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 that for me, that was, I think that the, 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 the good highlight for it, because, uh, you know, going from that little piece of paper and the binder and stuff like that. And now you're able to, <laughs> to you're able to just kind of do the evaluation and the agent gets a copy. I have a copy. I can report on it. It was, it was good, man. Yeah, it was it's, a, it's a big, it was a big change. Love hearing the word binder that, that, that usually gives you an indication of how manual. Um, so, <laughs> yes. so curious, let, give me a kind of before and after before, before kind of having a tool, how many evaluations were you getting done? And then what's the after look like? So on an average day, I was able to do, let's say, you know, maybe four evaluations, five evaluations, just because, you know, while you walk around and plug in and find the right call to evaluate from there, we went to actually um, easily evaluating 20 calls per, you know, on a day, just that that was like a, right. like a low like a low number. So it's so uh, four to four to five times more, uh, yeah. evaluations. And so what kind of impact did that have on the quality? It was actually a lot better because now, um, because all the information was stored in the system, you know, with, uh, with the actual recording, and then you're able to report on that. So mm-hmm. we were able to actually identify, um, specific trends because of let's say for example, uh, agents that were not able to pass, you know, like an 80% at, um, quality score, we were able to kind of drill down and be like, okay, so they have an issue with just the closing. So we were able to hone in into actual skills that they needed to, to be addressed and not, um, not trying to, you know, redo like a whole training for an agent or something. It was just able to, to, to do that. Right. Cause, um, you know, you're no longer trying to go through the different sheets and you know, be able to like, okay, oh, this, this mark and this other mark. And, you know, it was just a, a lot easier. Um, we became a lot more um, flexible and, 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 uh, I would say what's the right word for that flexible and just efficient, efficient. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, and well, so that kind of happens in any context center, right? So mm-hmm. what I kind of want to drill down to is let's talk about healthcare specifically, like when you could evaluate more calls, um, were there specific advantages being in kind of the healthcare space that that maybe other contact centers don't necessarily have to worry about? Right. So one of the organizations that I worked for, um, after every interaction with a patient, they send a survey out, right? So mm-hmm. and the, and the return is about like an eighteen percent of those surveys, and that's how they normally make decisions in regards to how they care for their patients. So um, <laughs> making decisions on less than 20% return rate. Okay. Right. Just yeah. Going, I'm so, not going to say anything more. <laughs> so, and, but then when you really think about it, those interactions are not, are not the bulk of the interactions that you have with a healthcare organization. You know, do you have, mm-hmm. you know, the, when I call in to make an appointment, when I call in to reschedule an appointment, when I call in to check on, on, re, on results, when I call in to, to um, get a referral for something else. So do you have, uh, at least, you know, 80% or even 80% of the experience is done on the phone and maybe just like a 20% on in person, right? But then you're making bigger decisions on just that 80%. But but then if you, um, from the sampling that they were they were actually looking at at the beginning was uh, they were bar- barely hitting 
98% of their call volume um, was being actually looked at, right? Because they, um, you know, again, manual process, all this sort of stuff. So now by implementing now like like a tool, like, you know, like a WEM tool um, to where you can actually go through the recordings, evaluate, you know, you went from 0.18 to 3% of those calls, but, you know, that 3% could be millions of calls compared to to what you were doing before, right? So, you know, from from a, a million contacts, you were evaluating 200, right? And then from there, yeah. you went up to like 27,000 contacts. So then it's just a, it was a big difference and able to make even big, big, bigger changes because now the, the, the customer experience, the patient experience is not just in person because in person, that's the other thing. In person, you set the bar, at, you know, very high because, you know, this organization was very, you know, well, very well, in the bedside manner is very well and uh you know the experience as a whole when you walk into a clinic or you go into the hospital excellent right but then you needed to match or exceed that on the phone right so that's that's that was the target so when we, once we were able to evaluate more calls we were able to actually provide better feedback to the agents um it, it, it showed because then you know the the menus were better every the whole experience got a lot better that's that's great and i want to be clear i want to i want to point this out for everybody that that's less listening when Daniel says 0.18%, that's not 0.18 that translates to 18%. That's 0.18%. That is less than, less than two 1%. tenths of a percent yeah. that that are that are that are coming back. And and where I want to go with this, Daniel, what kind of decisions were being made? Because that's not just small sample size, that's like infinitesimal sample size. But what kind of decisions were being made off of that feedback? So imagine having to go through several layers of, you know, a phone tree, right? To where, you know, you, you have, you know, 15 physicians on the same menu and you're trying to get through that. By the time you got to letter Z, you already forgot, you know, did I already hear the doctor? <laughs> right. So um, uh -huh. that was, you know, some of the stuff, you know, when, you know, introducing analytics as well in that point to where, you know, looking at issues listening to the call and the feedback that the customers are providing you know it's like i keep calling and you know keep getting the wrong information and i keep pressing this number and this is happening so uh we were able to um simplify the menus to where uh, more customer friendly and not just because we wanted to redirect a bunch of calls that they didn't want to handle with uh, it was just making sure that uh they got to the right place a lot quicker so we we went from like six seven layers to only three maximum, right, mm -hmm. within a menu. And it was because of that feedback. You know, the agents were kind of struggling on the calls. We were listening to to those interactions, looking at the transcripts, you know, looking at the analytics dashboards and be like, okay, so we have all these issues. So we were able to make some stuff like that, some some really good um, decisions and uh, on the customer experience side. Oh, good. And so, you know, we talked about kind of the the, the manual pain at the beginning, and now you, mm -hmm. you've kind of progressed. What was that transition process like for kind of the not not just specifically the contact center, but the overall organization? What what kind of things came out? What what takeaways came out of that process that uh, that led to some success for you guys? So the first thing that was very highlighted was the fact that um, the interactions were not what we were assuming they were. Right? OK, so, so what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? So, um, again, a lot of decisions were being made by the surveys that they were sent from the in-person interactions, but then we were not really listening to the 
other interactions that were sometimes even more meaningful because I'm struggling and I'm calling up, I'm in pain and I want to schedule an appointment. So making, making those, um, those interactions more meaningful for the patients, it actually helped the overall uh, scores when those, those other things uh, were received. Because now you, you went to the hospital, then they sent you home, they sent you that survey, but then um, you tend to remember those other interactions that were minimal as well. They kind of influenced how you felt on the overall experience. Because, you know, when I called, that agent would really help me, gave me all the information that I needed before I went to the, with the doctor's office. Um, my time was more valuable as a mm-hmm. patient, right? So I, I feel more valued as a patient, right? So um, I, I'm, I know if I have two hospitals within the five mile radius of my house, I know I'm going to choose that one because it was not just about the in-person experience. It was about the overall experience. When I called, when I followed up, when they called me, you know, that, do you make it home okay? Right? So all of those interactions that we've been captured um, enhanced the overall experience. So um, that was uh, right out of, the, out of the get-go. That was one of those things. Um, actually, and just to not to go so far from when we had the, the pandemic, um, a lot of the people, you know, were kind of going through through the process, you know, at, at that point, you know, a lot of us didn't know what to do, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm coughing, you know, ooh, do, I, do, I, do I go and do I need to get tested? You know, do I do this? Do I do that? So uh, we started to receive a lot of calls to patients that were trying to find that information. And then imagine sitting on queue for, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes trying to figure out, they was like, oh yeah, you don't need to get tested. You know, it's, it's, it tends to be frustrating. So um, through, the, through analytics, what we ended up doing just... Um, created dashboards around that to where we evaluate, you know, we looked at, we tracked those phrases, you know, it's like, um, I have this symptom, I have this other symptom, should I get tested? Where do I get tested? And uh, what we ended up doing is across our, our menus, uh, we ended up adding uh, one, you know, press star, you know, for COVID information. And then right there, we dumped all that information. Hey, if you have this symptom and that symptom and this other symptom, we recommend you should get tested, contact your physician. Um, if you need information about testing locations, press one and we'll send you a, an SMS link to our website to find the nearest location to you, right? So uh, at that point, you know, instead of waiting five, 10 minutes on queue, now you had all your information within a minute. And so, okay, so now you've, okay, you've bridged a really great gap here because mm-hmm. I know one of the unique challenges, eh, let's let's call it for all organizations, but probably it's, it probably has a more of a weight when we talk about healthcare is getting information from different areas, right? Like you, 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 you certainly had this, this uh, report and these dashboards that showed what was happening on the calls. But were you able to kind of connect that data to other parts of the organization and, and use it in ways that got outside the contact center? Yeah. Um, so marketing was one of those things that, um, that benefit a lot from, from, from that data, right? So um, getting inflow of calls from a specific clinic that had just opened, you know, maybe some people didn't know about some of their services. So then uh, we were able to share that information with those departments to where they were able to kind of tweak their campaigns a little bit more to provide a little bit better information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that um, our referral management uh, department, also their process changed a bit, you know, because of information that we provided in the fact that, uh, hey, you know, they're calling in, they called the referral department, they got a choice for three physicians they could, you know, uh, go to. But then that information, you know, 
a lot of the times when they were reaching the clinics, you know, the information that they, they were not getting enough information to that specific clinic, where they were located, all that. So um, they, they were able to tweak their process um, to to kind of narrow down the service area for those patients. Mm-hmm. So um, they were able to kind of like, hey, you know, yes, your home address is this, but they were looking at now the the work address because maybe, you know, it's easier for, for you to just go to on, on your lunch break to go to the doctor right next, you know, by your work office rather than wait until you get home or miss time from work, you know, and yes, to get to the doctor's office, right? Cause, okay. uh, so they were able to streamline those processes just uh, based on information that we pulled from analytics and share with them. So I'll, I'll use marketing as an example here, but if there's a better one, how did they feel about this information? Because historically, in my experience, marketing barely even knows that contact centers exist, right? They, they, mm-hmm. they, they're out there. Um, how, how, did they, how did they use this information? What, what was their feedback when they started being able to get this info? So the, actually, they expanded their, their usage to their departments as well, right? So... Um, because now knowing that it was a, a single point of like a single data source that was being it was usable from all single departments because uh, uh, it's not siloed anymore, right? So mm-hmm. the, the, you have 160 different call centers that were you know all of them using the same you know the same tool. So now the data is available to everybody, right? So you just needed to kind of maybe talk to this manager, we, you know, talk amongst managers. It's like, hey, you know, we're trying to to deploy this campaign on this specific region. Do you have the people, to, you know, because that's going to create an influx of calls. Um, they were about to open in a, a clinic. So now that became a little more on the operations side, you know. So they were discussing, okay, so we're going to bring in, you know, maybe a thousand patients more for that specific area, meaning that many calls are going to be an influx for that specific contact center um, to handle the, the scheduling and all the things related to that clinic, right? So then they were able to kind of work now in conjunction, be like, hey, so now we have the data, we have the forecast, we have all these things that we can utilize, you know, across the departments. It was not no longer silo, you know, it's like marketing knows this and the other call center knows this and they were not talking to each other now because it was a single data source. It was a lot easier to coordinate those um, those uh, business decisions and expansions. Wow, that that's it's awesome to hear because, you know, we we talk to organizations all the time that the contact center is like this basically the off on an island right all mm-hmm. by themselves and it's really great to hear the coordination between you know marketing contact center uh you know patient intake those kind of things uh that help define really what you can get out of this and so just kind of continuing down that path did this lead to any kind of savings or higher revenue or anything in that in that in that space absolutely because um when one of the the studies that we did was um effort versus appointments completed right so how many Mm -hmm. times a patient had to call in how many times you know uh how many times they had to reschedule because of you know the wrong information they arrived late or something like that um so by being able to handle the calls obviously more efficient able to put more you know book more appointments and and we're talking about you know each appointment has a specific dollar value so uh when you increase that for like 25 to 35 percent on an average you know that was that was huge so then you know because now you have more volume and and then you technically you're still using kind of the same amount of people that we're using before Mm -hmm. right it's just like now you know when you start talking about you know um you introduce, you know, workforce management, you're able to kind of 
match the agents to the actual vo uh, volume that you're receiving. Um, you know, so you're maximizing the people that you have. So um, you're enhancing the experience because now they're not waiting as long. You're being more efficient in the information that you're providing. So by the time, you know, the less cancellations and because you're handling the calls a little bit quicker, now you have more room to handle more patients. So, uh, and, and again, with the same amount of FTEs that you had at the beginning. Right. So um, it, it kind of goes full circle. Yeah. And it just kind of keeps snowballing, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. shorter calls means more availability. More availability means, you know, fewer callbacks means more availability to book more appointments. Right. And, you know, fewer, exactly. you know, abandon rates go down, uh, you know, CSAT scores go up. Right. It's that whole, uh, you know, it's it's the goal that we always try to bring to it. So. Now mm -hmm. let's talk about a little bit about the, the, the technical side of things, right? Um, what, mm -hmm. when you were going through your day to day, you know, did you find that, I mean, obviously we've talked about the increase in the efficiency, you know, going more calls, better efficiency and things like that. What about the, you know, the actual processes itself? Did those, did those work the way you wanted to, did, did you know, was this, was the software what you needed it to be? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, like at the beginning, I mentioned, you know, I used to take me two weeks to handle, you know, to arrange the schedule for the following month, right? Uh, and now, with 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 a uh, with you know with the uh, automation of the software, you have the opportunity to do run a forecast, run a, a schedule of you know 500 agents within a span of five minutes, right? So those are some of those things that you really start to appreciate. And then uh, from a quality perspective, you know, you're talking about going from spending you know a couple hours here and there with some agents and only able to evaluate a handful of calls you know you're going into evaluating you know 20 calls um 30 calls yeah. you know for, for and and you get a better sampling so you're able to make better decisions on those things um so it, it, it definitely it and again and and i think those changes actually made me fall more in love with with the process right because uh you know you start talking about you know, how you transition from, you know, the pen and paper to just clicking a few buttons. And then, you know, when you start actually now thinking, you know, future improvement, you start moving to the cloud now to where you don't have to worry about downtimes. You don't have to worry about, you know, those, uh, you know, you have to update your servers, update everything. And everything is like, okay, new, new feature is done. Boom, you have it available because you're in the cloud. You know, the, the, the processes are a lot quicker because you're not depending on, you know, how much power your servers have on-prem, you know, it's, it's now, yes. <laughs> it's now it's just kind of like, you know, if you want to run it, you can run it and you're good. Right. So um, the old school speech analytics uh, servers and, uh, you know, believe me, I had to deal with that many times. And na nowadays we just yeah. we just throw it all up in the cloud and it, and it works so much better. And, you know, it, yeah. quicker, faster, easier, no downtime, all of that great stuff that goes along with it. Yep. I'm with you 100 percent. Yeah. No, and, and, and and me for again, you know, the, the past few years, um, again, being that that hybrid between IT and, and operations, you know, maintaining the applications, the environment, you know, you really learn to appreciate those things, you know, no longer, you don't have to, those overnight upgrades, you don't have to worry about, you know, it's like the server crash or didn't crash, you know, it's just, um, you're always up to date, you're always just ready to go. Um, and you mentioned the transcription, the transcription, that was a pain, you know, running a transcription task could take forever, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, now it's just- Now it's just there. Um, it's yeah. actually- a lot easier. So th this is this has been great, and I think you've given us a really good 
view of kind of what we have to deal with. But I kind of want to, to kind of round out the conversation here. In your mind, what's the most unique challenge that healthcare organizations have to deal with versus maybe just kind of your run-of-the-mill customer service contact center? I think, um, I want to say one of those challenges is thinking that the, the, the healthcare call centers are, are only the scheduling thing, right? That tends to put that uh, the barrier of um, data silos, you know, the, the silos of mm -hmm. data basically is you know, like, if I'm looking at only um, the, the contact center space is not only the scheduling, right? So within the healthcare organization, knowing that you have the opportunity to use something, you know, to maximize your, your, your workforce, for, you know, calling it like that, um, to maximize the people you have, you know, from all aspects, whether they're a call center or non-call center. Because that's another thing, you know, sometimes we forget that, uh, you know, we have minimal, meaningful interactions happening at the clinic level that we can get recorded. Mm -hmm. You know, we can evaluate on those in specific interactions. Um, so sometimes, you know, in the healthcare, we tend to lose sight of those other opportunities when we can get really, really meaningful data. And um, and, and that's what I, I, I wish we would see more, right? Um, is the, the, the healthcare is not just scheduling. We have all of those other contact points that um that really provide meaningful data for, for us to make the patient experience a lot better. It's interesting to, to look at it from that perspective because, yeah, I mean, you've just literally made me realize right now that pretty much almost all of my meaningful conversations with a healthcare organization are trying to get something scheduled, right? It, and, and, mm -hmm. and then when I do now, it's, you know, patient portals make that communication a lot easier, but they also take it outside of that typical communication loop. Um, you've got, you know, you've, you've got these meaningful conversations that are usually happening between like nurse and patient or doctor and patient and not necessarily mm -hmm. scheduler and patient because exactly. scheduler and patient, it's like, Hey, can the doctor see me? Yes, they can. Here's what it is. Okay, great. Not a ton of meaningful data that shows up in there where the meaningful data mm -hmm. comes from is that second and third level conversations that maybe happen outside the contact center. But but yeah. how can we leverage those uh, communications? And I think even there's there's now methodology to record those in person conversations too, right? There exactly. there's there's yes. ways to do that as well. So I think that's a fantastic point, and uh, I you know I think that really speaks to your experience in the in the space is that uh, if we're only looking at scheduling contact center data. We're, we're probably only capturing 20% of the picture, and there's there's quite a bit that goes along with that. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you know, the, I, I have to admit, this has been very enlightening. I, I, I did not spend a lot of my career in the healthcare organization, but I did spend some of it. And so getting that, getting that perspective and kind of seeing what it looks like from that area has really, really uh, kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And, you know, I've, as a, you know, I'm sure you're the same way as a former contact center agent. Anytime I call mm -hmm. into a call center, I'm usually much more empathetic towards the agent than probably a lot of people are. But now it, it's even multiplied more that I would <laughs> talk to somebody in healthcare. So I really want to thank you yeah. for spending some time with us. Um, so typically what I like to do is uh, at the end of each episode, I kind of give you the final word. Uh, if you if you had um, some wisdom to espouse to the uh, to uh, the listeners out there, especially kind of in the healthcare space, what might you uh, what might you say? The, the podium is yours. 
I would say um, expand your limits. I think, um, you know, when you start thinking a little beyond the contact center, um, it's going to help a lot, uh, open up a lot of opportunities for for us to get better and the patient service things. Um, again, you know, meaningful, meaningful conversations, meaningful interactions are happening a lot outside of the scheduling departments. And, um, and there is, it's, it's a mind gold. Uh, you know, we, we really, we really can make the patient experience a lot, a lot better than what we think. Yeah. And I love it that you said mine gold instead of gold mine. It, it, uh, that, that, that shows, that gives me some great insight into the brain of Daniel Acosta there. Uh, it's like, yes, it is a, it is a mine gold, uh, that, that, that we want to tap into. So, um, I want to, I want to thank you for spending some time with us here on working smarter. It was great to have you. Um, and I always like to make sure to tell our listeners, thank you as well. Uh, the, that you spend some time with us and listen, um, huge Thank you to Daniel uh, for his insights into how healthcare organizations can really tap into the power of not just WFO, WEM, but the power of like expanding your limits, of thinking thinking differently. Take a minute and ask yourself, what what's the information we really want to get to? Don't ask, what can the technology do? What can our tools do? What do we need to be successful? And then work backwards from there. And I think this is a great example of how Daniel in his career has done that with, uh, with the tools that have been available to you. So, Daniel, huge thank you to you. For the rest of you guys that are out there listening, thank thanks you. for spending some time with us here on Working Smarter. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care and have a great rest of the day. 